Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to Wisdom Wednesday. And as always, I'm Rev Rich, and I'm truly grateful for you being here today. And as before we get started with our lesson today, I always want to remind you to subscribe, like, share this out, and invite people. I think that's the most important part here, is that for us to truly be the light, we need people to see our light. <laughs> so... You know, if you're talking about, hey, you know, I watched Rev Rich last week and he said something and I put into action. It was great. But this person's looking at you like, OK, that's nice. And I see what you're doing. But what about it? You know, so you want to share the videos out again, hit that bell so you know when another video drops and join us on our new Sunday celebration services um, every Sunday at 11 a.m. And um, you can always check out any of our other shows, including Tea Time Truth Talk and our Meditation Mondays, which have, uh, again, started with a mindful meditation earlier this week. And on Tea Time Truth Talk this week, we actually talked about a complaint-free world, how you can participate in a complaint-free challenge, and what exactly the acronym for gripe works. So this is a week you definitely wanted. If you're going back to watch, you want to take out a notebook and take notes. So with that being said, today's topic, we're going to kind of recap the last four weeks of our Sunday services, which is open to receive. And the reason I chose to go with this topic is because a lot of times we get into the religiosity, we get into the spiritualism, we get into law of attraction, and we hear all the things about give and you shall receive you know, give and you'll receive tenfold, but it doesn't really work out that way. And we're wondering why. And I always thank Reverend Diane Sickler, who is our uh, senior minister emeritus over at Unity of NEPA, because she caught that in me and gave me a book by Catherine Ponda called Open to Receive. Now, there are many other books on the topic, but what's important about Open to Receive is literally that. See, I was always a giver. And we're going to touch on that topic today, too, about what really is giving. But I was always a giver. I love to give. And sometimes I gave so much that people used to get on my case about it. I've heard it a lot. I've heard it from everybody. You give too much. You do this. You do that. And I remember speaking to someone about it. And they came to me and they're like, well, do you get stuff back in return? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't always come back the way people want it to come back. But it does come back. And they're like, so why are you worrying about what other people say? But a long time ago, in, an, in, an, in a universe far, far away, <laughs> when I was younger and I was attending a sales training, um, I remember meeting a guy. And this was a guy, a speaker who had dealt with addictions of all types. And we were just talking back and forth. And I said, yeah, you know, I love to give. And he says, okay, well, why do you love to give? And I said, well, it makes me feel good. He goes, okay. He says, I can hear it in your voice, so let's play a game. And I said, all right. He said, so you like to give because it makes you feel good, right? Yes. Okay. So let's take it deeper. You like to give to others because it makes you feel good, or is it because you give to others so that they can like you so that you can feel good? I'm like, oh. I'm like, never thought about it that way. He goes, okay, let's take it a little deeper. He says, so you like to give to others so that they will like you and you like to feel good. But in reality, you give to other people so they can like you so that you can like yourself. 
And I mean, when I say it brought me to tears, it did. So when I talk sometimes and people are like, well, I like to give and I immediately stop and say, make sure that you're truly giving. And they look at me like, well, I like to give. What's wrong with giving? It's because it came from that moment in my time where somebody called me out and taught me what true giving is. You know, and again, I used to use the excuse. And if you've seen the movie, great. If you haven't, go watch it. It's called pay it forward. Now, there's nothing wrong with that paying it forward. But that was my excuse for me not to receive. I used to always say, no, 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 no. I did this for you. I want you to pay it forward. But there are times that we have to be open to receive. Now, in the case of pay it forward, and I'll give you just that quick before we actually go back to the review, is that when we pay it forward, we still need to receive, maybe it's a compliment, or the instructions of it coming back to us. So if you're a Darman fan, I love his episode about the barber who's about to lose his, he's about to lose his barber shop. And the cops are in there and he was there with a homeless guy and he gave him a shape up and the homeless guy pulls out some wrinkled dollars and he tells him, don't worry about it. Just pay it forward. He gives him a card to remind him to pay it forward. And the cops are like, well, maybe if you didn't give away all those haircuts, you probably still have a barbershop. And in reality, the new owner happened to be someone 20 years earlier who had come there looking to get a job and because he couldn't afford a haircut, ended up at his barbershop, got it for free. And when he told the barber that he was going to be interviewing, the barber actually gave him a way to wash up and gave him a jacket, was able to go to the interview, became a successful real estate agent, bought the barbershop and gave it back to him as he was paying it back forward. But the barber had to be open to receive. So I love that episode, but I love many episodes. And like I said, I love the movie. But we need to learn to be open to receive. Why? Because when we talk about prosperity, and if you've ever watched the Sunday service, I now use circulate. So when we do our blessing or affirming over our gifts, we usually say divine love as me through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I circulate. Because when I say I give and I receive, they're finite. It stops. But when I say I circulate it, it has to stay in motion. I'm listening to a book right now called The Energy of Money, where one of the exercises is to take out a dollar bill and look at it, talk to it, say, hey, where have you been? And try to imagine everyone that's handled that money up to that point. And then ask it where it's going and try to imagine where that dollar is going. But to be able to go out, it has to be able to receive it. Someone has to be able to receive it. So when we talk about getting ready, we started off with understanding that receiving is an important part of this. Again, if a two-sided coin, a quarter is still a quarter, one side has the eagle on it one side has the other design on it every coin has two sides which differ but they're still the same coin so when we open ourselves to receive is to know that whether it's a compliment 
can we just say thank you rather than try to force something back? You know, somebody gives me something. You know, I don't know how many times I've been offered money for speaking and I've given it right back. And I thought I was doing a good thing, but I realized that in not receiving the money first, I was blocking not only my own energy, but the energy of the, the, energy of the person trying to be prosperous in their own way. So I had to understand that receiving was important. So the question I'll ask you now is, in your own lives, is it hard for you to receive compliments? When somebody wants to give you a gift out of the blue or hand you a job or do something, are you openly receiving it or are you automatically thinking of ways of blocking it? And you may not think of it as blocking, but that's exactly what you're doing, of stopping that person from a circulating their energy. Because again, it's not always about money. It could be compliment. It could be love. You know, I want to love somebody, but if I stop them from loving me, I won't get hurt. So I'm blocking it. But if I'm circulating it and I'm accepting love from that person and I'm giving love and that we build that energy. A great movie for that, if you ever want to watch it, is called The uh, Celestine Prophecies. They're actually books, but the movie itself explains how energy works and how when it's circulated, how it continues to grow. And it's the same thing with giving and receiving. When you're open to receive, you will see that energy start to flow. It's not even a <clears throat> look at it go, look at it circulate. It's a flow. It becomes a flowing river that goes and comes and you know, as we say, the ocean goes into lakes and rivers and, you know, how the whole thing goes and comes, ends up back wherever, <clears throat> goes back to the earth, things like that. The point here is that we, nature itself shows that we're open to receive, open to give. We talk about breathing. You know, we breathe in oxygen, we breathe out carbon dioxide. Well, plants breathe in carbon dioxide and release oxygen. So guess what's happening here? We're giving and receiving. We're circulating. So I want you to keep that in mind next time somebody gives you a compliment or somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to give you something. You know, and a lot of people come from a spiritual aspect. Hey, God told me to, spirit told me to, the universe has instructed me to, you know, my heart said to be open to receiving. And see what happens. In our second week, we started a 40-day journal, a gratitude journal. And for those who were part of that Sunday service and beyond, I hope you're still going because the 40 days haven't come up yet. But basically, you took a journal, a notebook, doesn't matter what it is. I like journals. And you started to write, and we started off with just five things. So five things you're grateful for every day. And it really isn't hard. I mean, if you really think about it, I'm sitting in this room and I can name about 20 things I'm grateful for. But the challenge is to truly look for things that are grateful for. Week three, we took it to another level. We now said, not only do I want you to be grateful for those things that are great in your life, but I want you to be grateful for those situations that maybe you lost your job, lost a relationship. I want you to be grateful for those challenges in your health. 
I want you to be grateful for that part of yourself that you don't like so much. I want you to be grateful for that person that called you out and made you feel less than, even though you knew they were right. And then in general, the last one was easy, was I'm just grateful and fill in the blank. How many of you thought about it or are still doing it or are doing that at this point? Are you open enough to receive that even the challenges in your life is something to be grateful for because it is giving you the gift of a lesson? My daughter, for that lesson, I remember saying, Gift of the Storm by Faith Rivera where it's just literally all that, where I know the challenges in my life, but I can see the gifts of the storm. You know, a lot of you are sitting there going, well, I don't know, Rev Rich, this started off happy, but um, we're starting to get into some dangerous territory. Well, I always remember the words of Reverend Ogan, who told me that a minister's job is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Well, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm challenging your comfort level. I want to help you see the potentiality you have in yourself to be better and bigger and brighter so that others can see that and you give permission to them. Last week I read Mary Ann Williamson's poem, which reminds us how, you know, who is our, who are we to be brilliant and beautiful and who are we not to be? When it is our calling to be the best person we can be. Which brings us to week four. Which is probably the hardest one for us to hear. So I'm going to spend a little more time on that one. When we talk about giving. So we talked about how giving and receiving is the point of the same coin. But we focused on the side of the coin of receiving. And now I want to talk about giving because one of the things is it's easy for us to give away. You know, and maybe people will disagree with me with this, but I'd rather donate things than go out and sell it. Now, does that mean that it's always the same way? No. But I know that the energy within me did not move when I tried to sell things. But when I gave things away, knowing that I was giving it in the spirit of circulating, because I pictured I gave away a, a computer chair, we'll just say. And that computer chair went to someone that I may have spent two, $300 on, and it's gently used, but I've got a new one because of whatever reason, or maybe I no longer have my home office, and I donated this to Goodwill. Well, Goodwill then found someone who needed a computer chair, but even a 50 or $60 chair was too much, but they sold it for $20 at Goodwill. They got a $300 manager chair. They're comfortable. They're doing their work. And maybe that work is for a nonprofit. Maybe that computer screen they were using now allows them to pay it forward to someone else without me ever knowing it. And that's how I see it. Now, again, we can go back and forth and people have great you know, how that works in the real world. And I'm open to learn. That's most important is that I'm open to learn about whatever. But let's talk about the difference between giving and doing. So I'm going back to my notes from that Sunday. And it says, according to Amanda Owens, so again, another book is called The Power of Receiving. 
She writes, people who do are not energized or emotionally fulfilled by their interactions. But those who give experience their connection and have deeply and mutually fulfilling transaction. I just talked about that, how my energy drops when I think about selling something. Whereas when I give something, when I give in the right state of mind or emotion, I have that, emo that energetic connection to it. Doing for is an experience of separation. Giving to, on the other hand, is an experience of unity. Doing stems from a feeling of lack, while giving comes from a feeling of wholeness. Now, I don't know about you, but I know me, I grew up with a give and you shall receive. So in doing, I would give with the expectation of receiving. Now, that's a tricky and a very thin line to cross because... You should always be in expectance of receiving because you know that as I give, it will come back to me. And when we're open to that, we have that flow. So why should I not expect it? Well, I guess the difference here is knowing and expecting. If I give with an expectance of something to return, I've created a transaction, a, no, uh, a negotiation. Whereas if I give with the notion of giving and knowing that it will return. It may not be as I expect it, but it will return somehow. Then in that knowing, I've truly given in an energetic way that allows that energy to flow. So if you take a moment and think about doing versus giving, what times in your life can you find that same situation where you now realize that you weren't really giving, but you were doing something with an expectation of it coming back or doing something because you wanted somebody to like you or doing it because it's the right thing to do rather than giving from a loving place, knowing that no matter what the outcome, you've given in the spirit of love. So as we move to the second thing, we begin to look at something we call enabling. So let's review real quick. To do rather than to give because we have an internal, external expectation of how we should behave. Doing out of the expectation has little to do with authentic nature. Habitually putting other people's needs in front of our own at the expense of our own usually comes from expectation. We might do rather than give because we're operating from an enabling paradigm. I know I may be touching on some toes here, but now, but here we go. So again, from the book, The Power of Receiving. Now, I've been here. Trust me, I've been here. I gave because I felt that it was my way of being a hero. It was my way of helping, my way of serving. I wasn't giving, I was doing the expectation. So again, I read this list last week and I'm, I got a few brows for this, but I want you to think about this. Enabling behavior is when you habitually do something for people that are perfectly able to do it for themselves. You are also enabling when you do something that prevents people from experiencing the consequences of their actions. So the examples they used, 
a mother who constantly picks up after her children rather than teaching them to put their things away. A person who covers for their co-workers habitual tardiness by doing their person's work. A parent who constantly takes care or financially supports her adult child. Someone who is constantly loans money to gambling addicted friends. Well, I probably fall into two or three of those on my own. And I know people who've done the same. We also may do for another rather than to give to another because we expect something in return. We just talked about this. If I do this for you, then I will get that from you. You know, even in prayer, people bargain with God. Well, God, if I do this, you give me this. And I know that I'm more from the New Thought era, but I mean, this transcends all religions. There's always that bargaining when you don't understand what giving truly is. So we do for another because we have an internal, external expectation of how we should behave, enabling others or doing it in expectation of something in return. And what that truly translates to is separation and not unity. We are not one in I'm helping you as a community. I'm helping you as whatever. I'm doing it from a place of I am me and I've got something that you want or I got something that I can get you to do something for me. Lack and not wholeness. I'm missing something. So if I give you this, can I get that? As opposed to, I have enough. And then again, fear, not love. Well, maybe if I gave that person love, they'll love me back. Maybe if I acted a certain way, they'll treat me better. So we really definitely want to look at our practice of giving. Second thing, and I actually jumped the gun there where we were talking about the other part, is giving as an expression of divine quality. So Eric Butterworth is basically one of our authors here at Unity. He puts down, God is divine givingness in the universe, and you are created in the image and likeness of the divine givingness. You cannot make any sense out of life or realize the free flow of substance in your experience until you begin to see yourself as a giver, not a doer. Okay? One who, div a, who is expressing divine quality of generosity. So, I use this quote during my talk, but I think it works well here as well. And again, anybody knows me, I'm a big fan of Wayne Dyer. And this came from one of the books that truly changed my life, which was Manifest Your Destiny. He says, generosity includes offering kindness, care, love, and nurturing where it is needed. Furthermore, in the spirit of generosity can and does ultimately relate to how we treat ourselves. If you have a generous heart that has no qualms about giving, you will treat yourself lovingly and will nurture yourself without feeling any sense of guilt. So when we understand that, that in true giving, we give of ourselves, we even treat ourselves better. Okay. So we give ourselves in love and in service to others in spirit and generosity and good fellowship to refuse to give is to refuse to receive for everything moves in circles. Really giving is the givingness of self. You're truly giving of your own self. So I wanted to review that today because I think it truly helps. So if I came from a regular point of view, you know, I've shared stories of my own. I've shared stories of Wayne Dyer meeting the homeless girl. I shared the story of uh, Tyler Perry 
and my feet are off the ground. You know, there was a Darman video, which is based on a real story about a young man who found a homeless man in the in the alley being mistreated and made fun of. And he went to speak to the guy and he came back the next day to hear his story. And it turned out that he was a an artist for the stars and his studio burnt down and everything. And he lost everything and he had no way of recouping it. And this gentleman went and began to help him out by buying him. He started off buying him just some art work, uh, art supplies, I should say. And the guy started painting in the street. And then he got him cleaned up. He then rented a space for him to sell paintings. And by the end of it, he had made hundreds of thousands of dollars selling his paintings. So, of course, what did the guy do? He went out and he started paying it forward. He went back to the spot to remind himself where he was and found the young lady that used to be there with him. And he in turn said, come on, I'm going to go put you up so that you can get off these streets and I'm going to help you get there. You know, Tyler Perry's story falls along the same line. If you want to hear those stories, you can either look it up or you can um, go to our Sunday service from two Sundays ago where I shared that story with you. So what I tell you today is not to impress upon you or to impress you with the knowledge or the things I know, but to impress upon you how important it is to be able to give and to receive from the same coin, from the loving center in there and truly give and not do. It is truly important because when I changed that in my life, it became simpler. Does that mean my life is 100% perfect in society's view of life? No, but I know it's perfect in my life because as I give and when challenges arise, I know how to react, how to work through it, and how to continue giving, and how to continue being open to give. And as I said earlier, I do definitely want to thank Reverend Diane Sickler, who gave me that book and pinpointed in me that issue I had. And yes, it took me a long time to truly be open to receive, but I truly know now that no matter what challenges arise, I am open to receive the lesson. No matter what gifts come, I am openly ready to receive it. And I know it's a challenge and I'll give you one of mine. When people come to me like, Rich, I should give you something. I tell them, in my heart, I'm not here to charge you anything. But if your heart tells you to give me something, then I will gracefully receive it, no matter the amount. And it always, always come back in a way that has gifted me gifted my family, or at least allowed me to do things such as our new Sunday service with um, our series on user-friendly metaphysics was a gift that was given to me that I graciously accepted and was able to use that to go ahead and bring that those services to you. So I hope you got something out of today. If you truly want to get a big overview, then I expect then go back to our lessons and start with the lesson open to receive, getting ready to receive and watch those four videos and you'll have a lot more to go on. With that, as I always say, um, I love you. Nothing you can do about it. Also, if you have any questions, comments or wish to talk to me privately, we do have a new email and we'll put it on the video and it's info at weesc.org, which stands for With Every Encounter Spiritual Community.
is something we are working on. We also have a website coming up soon as well, where we'll also have a contact page. Again, all communication with me is kept private between myself, my daughter, and um, we will answer as such or answer on an episode. So I am truly grateful for you being here, and I will see you on the next episode.